Bible. A collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And here we are in the saddle, thanking you for being a part of the program tonight as well. We are giving you an opportunity each and every weeknight to hear the Bible. Every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible, every year. Right now we are in the minor prophets of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. We've just completed the book of Hosea. These prophets are very interesting individuals as well as the messages and the times in which they lived. I think a sociologist would find them very interesting. The dynamics of a culture, whether it's a culture on the way up, being established, or one that is already established and now maintaining, or one that is in decline. Each of these different stages in the development or in the process of a society, what are the things in common for particularly a culture in decline? I think that would be something very interesting to us as Americans to read about. Each one of these minor prophets, Hosea, now Joel, will read the entire book of Joel tonight and then go right on into the book of Amos, who was a farmer, actually, herding sheep, tending sycamore fig trees in the Judean countryside. Not the son of a prophet, not the son of a priest. Amos was a humble shepherd, and yet he was used of God to make pronouncements to the people of Israel. As we are reading tonight, we'll see that Israel, the ten tribes in the north, are no more. They have been judged and are gone. And I'll give you a little bit more of a presentation on Joel and, and then Amos. Right now, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment, back to the Psalms, the beautiful Psalm 132 on The Bible Life. Psalm 132. Lord, remember David and all that he suffered. He took an oath before the Lord. He vowed to the Mighty One of Israel, I will not go home. I will not let myself rest. I will not let my eyes sleep, nor close my eyelids in slumber, until I find a place to build a house for the Lord, a sanctuary for the Mighty One of Israel. We heard that the ark was in Ephrathah. Then we found it in the distant countryside of Jaar. 
Let us go to the dwelling place of the Lord. Let us bow low before him. Arise, O Lord, and enter your sanctuary, along with the ark, the symbol of your power. Your priests will be the agents of salvation. May your loyal servants sing for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not reject the king you chose for your people. The Lord swore to David a promise he will never take back. I will place one of your descendants on your throne. If your descendants obey the terms of my covenant and follow the decrees that I teach them, then your royal line will never end. For the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. He has desired it as his home. This is my home where I will live forever, he said. I will live here for this is the place I desired. I will make this city prosperous and satisfy its poor with food. I will make its priests the agents of salvation. Its godly people will sing for joy. Here I will increase the power of David. My anointed one will be a light for my people. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but he will be a glorious king. End of reading, Psalm 132. Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Cornerstone, be a cornerstone, be the rock I the night, be my fortress wall. All right, welcome back to the Bible Live tonight. We're starting out with our reading from Psalm 132. Very powerful message about the Messiah. The Lord swore an oath to David that he would place one of his descendants on the throne forever. We understand that now to be the royal lineage that was established and continues forever through Jesus the Messiah, who was of the lineage of King David. This is, again, one of those prophecies, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the nature of the Messiah, this Redeemer, this Savior that God the Creator said he was going to send to purchase the redemption and the forgiveness and the cleansing of his people, those he would call out of the human race to become the people of God. As you listen to the, particularly the Old Testament scriptures, when it talks about Jerusalem, it talks about the lineage of King David, we see more clearly because of Jesus the Messiah, this is God talking about his people. Now, obviously, there was a people group called Israel, and God is dealing with them, and he's working with them, and we'll see that tonight in the book of Joel, written somewhere about 835 to 796 B.C., before the fall of Israel in the north. 722 B.C. is when they fell. Now, this is Joel warning the people of Judah, the people of the south. He preaches particularly to them. And he talks about natural disasters, volcanoes, earthquakes, tidal waves, hurricanes, all of these things. But these forces cannot compare with the power of omnipotent God. So how silly it is to try to live our lives without him. That is the theme of the book of Joel, which starts out with a locust plague in the nation. Let's listen. Joel 1.1 through Amos 2.5, Joel 1. The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Pethuel. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Everyone, listen. In all your history, has anything like this ever happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come. Pass the awful story down from generation to generation. After the cutting locust finished eating the crops, the swarming locust took what was left. 
After them came the hopping locusts, and then the stripping locusts too. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. All the grapes are ruined, and all your new wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land. It is a terrible army, too numerous to count. Its teeth are as sharp as the teeth of lions. They have destroyed my grapevines and fig trees, stripping their bark and leaving the branches white and bare. Weep with sorrow as a virgin weeps when her fiancé has died. There is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. The priests are mourning because there are no offerings. Listen to the weeping of these ministers of the Lord. The fields are ruined and empty of crops. The grain, the wine, and the olive oil are gone. Despair, all you farmers! Wail, all you vine growers! Weep, because the wheat and barley, yes, all the field crops, are ruined. The grapevines and the fig trees have all withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, yes, all the fruit trees have dried up. All joy has dried up with them. Dress yourselves in sackcloth, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, you ministers of my God. There is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of your God. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. The day of the Lord is on the way, the day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be! We watch as our food disappears before our very eyes. There are no joyful celebrations in the house of our God. The seeds die in the parched ground, and the grain crops fail. The barns and granaries stand empty and abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger! The cattle wander about, confused, because there is no pasture for them. The sheep bleat in misery. Lord, help us! The fire has consumed the pastures and burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because they have no water to drink. The streams have dried up and fire has consumed the pastures. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joel 2. Blow the trumpet in Jerusalem. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a mighty army appears. How great and powerful they are. The likes of them have not been seen before and never will be seen again. Fire burns in front of them and follows them in every direction. Ahead of them, the land lies as fair as the Garden of Eden in all its beauty. Behind them, there is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like tiny horses and they run as fast. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of a fire sweeping across a field, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with fright. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like trained soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right place. They lunge through the gaps, and no weapon can stop them. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord leads them with a shout. This is His mighty army, and they follow His orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can endure it? That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. 
Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief. Instead, tear your hearts. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He is not easily angered. He is filled with kindness and is eager not to punish you. Who knows, perhaps even yet he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this terrible curse. Perhaps he will give you so much that you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Blow the trumpet in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring everyone, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. The priests who minister in the Lord's presence will stand between the people and the altar, weeping. Let them pray, spare your people, Lord. They belong to you, so don't let them become an object of mockery. Don't let their name become a proverb of unbelieving foreigners who say, Where is the God of Israel? He must be helpless. Then the Lord will pity his people and be indignant for the honor of his land. He will reply, Look, I am sending you grain and wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will remove these armies from the north and send them far away. I will drive them back into the parched wastelands where they will die. Those in the rear will go into the Dead Sea. Those at the front will go into the Mediterranean. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, my people. Be glad now and rejoice because the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field. The pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with luscious fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will flourish once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For the rains he sends are an expression of his grace. Once more the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the stripping locusts, the cutting locusts, the swarming locusts, and the hopping locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again you will have all the food you want. And you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced like this. Then you will know that I am here among my people of Israel and that I alone am the Lord your God. My people will never again be disgraced like this. Then after I have poured out my rains again, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There will be people on Mount Zion in Jerusalem who escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joel 3. At that time, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, says the Lord, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, for scattering my inheritance among the nations, and for dividing up my land. 
They cast lots to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded young boys for prostitutes and little girls for enough wine to get drunk. What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, and you cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I will strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you have done. You have taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures, and you have carried them off to your pagan temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, who took them far from their homeland. But I will bring them back again from all these places to which you sold them, and I will pay you back for all you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the peoples of Arabia, a nation far away. I, the Lord, have spoken. Say to the nations far and wide, Get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. Now let the sickle do its work, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread the winepress, because it is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. It is there that the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the earth and heavens will begin to shake. But to his people of Israel, the Lord will be a welcoming refuge and a strong fortress. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy forever, and foreign armies will never conquer her again. In that day, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. Water will fill the dry stream beds of Judah, and a fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple, watering the arid valley of Acacias. Egypt will become a wasteland, and Edom a wilderness, because they attacked Judah and killed her innocent people. But Judah will remain forever, and Jerusalem will endure through all future generations. I will pardon my people's crimes which I have not yet pardoned, and I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people." You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The Book of Amos, Amos 1. This message was given to Amos, a shepherd from the town of Tekoa in Judah. He received this message in visions two years before the earthquake, when Uzziah was king of Judah, and Jeroboam II, the son of Jehoash, was king of Israel. This is his report of what he saw and heard. The Lord's voice roars from his temple on Mount Zion. He thunders from Jerusalem. Suddenly the lush pastures of the shepherds dry up. All the grass on Mount Carmel withers and dies. This is what the Lord says. The people of Damascus have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They beat down my people in Gilead as grain is threshed with threshing sledges of iron. So I will send down fire on King Hazael's palace, and the fortresses of King Ben-Hadad will be destroyed. I will break down the gates of Damascus and slaughter its people all the way to the valley of Avon. I will destroy the ruler in Bethadan, and the people of Aram will return to Kerr as slaves. This is what the Lord says. The people of Gaza have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. 
I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They sent my people into exile, selling them as slaves in Edom. So I will send down fire on the walls of Gaza, and all its fortresses will be destroyed. I will slaughter the people of Ashdod and destroy the king of Ashkelon. Then I will turn to attack Ekron, and the few Philistines still left will be killed. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord says. The people of Tyre have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They broke their treaty of brotherhood with Israel, selling whole villages as slaves to Edom. So I will send down fire on the walls of Tyre, and all its fortresses will be destroyed. This is what the Lord says. The people of Edom have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They chased down their relatives, the Israelites, with swords. They showed them no mercy and were unrelenting in their anger. So I will send down fire on Teman, and the fortresses of Basra will be destroyed. This is what the Lord says. The people of Ammon have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. When they attacked Gilead to extend their borders, they committed cruel crimes, ripping open pregnant women with their swords. So I will send down fire on the walls of Rabbah, and all its fortresses will be destroyed. There will be wild shouts during the battle, swirling like a whirlwind in a mighty storm. And their king and his princes will go into exile together. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amos 2. This is what the Lord says. The people of Moab have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They desecrated the tomb of Edom's king and burned his bones to ashes. So I will send down fire on the land of Moab, and all the fortresses in Kirioth will be destroyed. The people will fall in the noise of battle, as the warriors shout and the trumpets blare. And I will destroy their king and slaughter all their princes. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord says. The people of Judah have sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not let them go unpunished any longer. They have rejected the laws of the Lord, refusing to obey Him. They have been led astray by the same lies that deceived their ancestors. So I will send down fire on Judah, and all the fortresses of Jerusalem will be destroyed. End of reading, Joel 1.1 through Amos 2.5. This is the Bible live. Thou shalt not go away. Two of the minor prophets tonight speak specifically about the theme of judgment. God will judge the world. He is judging and he will judge. In the book of Joel, the phrase that comes forward quite often is the day of the Lord. It's a common phrase, especially in the book of Joel. It refers to some extraordinary happening, whether it's a present event like a locust plague that we started off reading about tonight, or it could be an event in the near future, like the destruction of Jerusalem. Or the day of the Lord is also used to describe that final period of history when God will end life on this planet as we know it. God will bring it to a close. The time for repentance, the time for turning to God and receiving salvation will be over. Wickedness and evil and sin and those who have rejected the relationship with God, they will be judged. God makes that very clear. That will happen. 
It doesn't matter if you don't like the idea of God judging, if you don't believe the idea of God judgment. God is judging and controlling in the affairs of men and nations, and he will indeed one day bring everything to a close. Even the short-term prophecies of events, they also foreshadow the final day of the Lord. And the final day of the Lord has two aspects to it. Evil will be judged. Sin will be destroyed. Those who place themselves against God, rejecting him, that's the aspect of judgment. But there's also an aspect of reward. Those who have, by faith, received God's gift of salvation and forgiveness, they will be part of the people of God forever. So if you trust the Lord, looking forward to this final day, this should give you hope. Now, we don't know exactly when Joel lived or ministered. It is probably from 835 to 796 B.C., coming out of the time of the high priest Jehoiada and his wife. They saved little Joash, the seven-year-old king. The royal lineage of David is almost wiped out, except for this one child, Joash, who is saved. He becomes king at age seven, but Jehoiada the priest is actually the power behind the throne. He is actually ruling the country. Joel prophesies and preaches to Israel in the north, warning them of the coming time of judgment which would come at the hands of the Assyrians of Nineveh in the north in 722 B.C. But they're way out in front of it, and the Lord is warning. Turn to me now, he says, while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. The message that would be great for you and me today. And then there's a beautiful promise that we read about tonight as well. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. The wonderful promise of God's spirit. Quite a pair, this couple of prophets, Joel and Amos, Joel with his theme of the day of the Lord and God's sure, certain judgment on the people of Israel, the nation, but on the human race. Very, very important theme. And then Amos, this straight-talking farmer, shepherd, a fig grower from southern kingdom. His hometown was just a little bit outside of Jerusalem, not very far from Bethlehem, actually. Tekoa, it was called, located in the rugged sheep country of Judah, about 10 miles south of Jerusalem. Amos is just a straight-talking country boy. He's not the son of a priest or a preacher, and yet he really lays it out clearly. And he talks about, you have sinned again and again and again, the repeated nature of sin before God's judgment. See you next Bible time. Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.